they always drop a new product at full price. Yeah. So you have your sales stuff, obviously. Every Black Friday, drop a new product at full price because people are still going to buy because they feel like they're getting a a deal on everything else. So instead of sending their money somewhere else, just spend the full price with you. That's a hack. And then for us, too, I think one thing that really did us well was disguising that BOGO, I mean, that 50% off as BOGO, and then like, oh, free shipping, too, if you you spend this much. Mm -hmm. So it was like deal on top of deal on top of deal. That way you feel like there's no way I can't get this and make it happen. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. All right, guys. Welcome back. EYL South. Yeah. That's the new dungeon. Yeah. Family. Shout out to all the. We have to. Wait, like, where are we going to sit? Yeah. I'll sit underneath. <laughs> we spent so much time out here. It only made sense. Right. Yeah. So, um,. All right, this is something that, you know, a lot of people have been looking forward to for a long time. So, Corey and Justin from Support Black Colleges um, met these guys a while ago. And um, Corey was actually pretty vocal on on Instagram to try to get this interview done. (laughs) The the, the funniest message I've seen was, like, he would write to Justin, like, damn, Justin, it wasn't our turn yet. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Right. Justin, no, like... I'll, I'll let Corey say his side on that, and I'll say But that. I'll say this. The last time we saw each other, I said, Just, we're getting it done. Yeah. We're going to get it done. Nah, it always time. happens time. But yeah, time. I, I, I always read the comments. So every now and then, it was a little, you know, it was a little slick comment, like, Oh, yeah. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about merch. His <laughs> 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 best friends is in Atlanta. And we 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 made a bag of investments though. Oh yeah, y'all was there. Y'all was there. Shout out to investors. Shout out to investors. Did everyone hear that? <laughs> <laughs> no facts, no cap. Every, but that was one of the beautiful things. It was like all the merchants said yeah. the same thing. Like yo, it was such oh. a, a outpouring of support. Like mm. everybody sold out in everything. Bro, so that's yeah. dope. everybody. But yeah. you know, it's so funny because I always tell Justin, I be feeling like we get slept on so much. Like. Our, our list of accomplishments is so long and then it'd be like oh they're just a clothing brand just a clothing brand and just be like yo y'all people don't understand so i'm always vocal justin he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like cool but me like i mean like man i want because if you don't say nothing then people may not know but i i am getting better at knowing how to say things that's that's really it's not about, <laughs> it's not about saying something it's about how you say it really that's the thing that is, that's true. I, like whenever Corey be saying something i just be like well we just need to work harder like you know like, you i think that's what that. you put in the comments <laughs> oh where Oh, wow. That's crazy. I'm serious. I'm like, but I understand because Corey's like, you know, we did this and that. We under 20s, you know, are we in 20s or whatever? And like, I feel like, you know, they don't like people don't respect us or whatever. I'm just like, oh, let's just keep working. Yeah. And what I appreciate most is that y'all always showed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Even though if we didn't do an episode, if we had an event, y'all was there. Yeah. If there was something that y'all could be a part of and support, y'all was there. Oh, of course. So yeah. we were just always in the same rooms. Yeah. It was just a matter of time. So I'm happy that we had. Oh, yeah. We appreciate yeah. y'all for yeah. sure. It was always love, Corey. Oh, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to always show up. Like, I love going to black people's stuff who are doing great things. Man. Yeah. Appreciate y'all it. packed out. I forgot where we was on uh, Edgewood. Y'all packed that place out. Uh, oh, yeah. That was the networking event. Yeah. <laughs> That was Bro, a fun I, was, I was in there like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a yeah. Slush. Yeah, Slush. Yeah, slush. Shout out to Slush. Shout out to Slush. Yeah, shout out to Slush. Yeah. That's why I was like, are you in Atlanta? 
Atlanta always showed us love, man. Like a real second home. I love yeah. it out here. There's so much black excellence mm-hmm. out here. Everybody's just vibing together. So, yeah. but I'm glad we got a chance to get this done. So, for people that are not familiar, Support Black College is a multi-million dollar brand that's tearing up the space for the last five years or so, right? Yeah. Probably started three, three, started four. in 2012, but okay. really took it serious like three years. Okay. Yeah, three years. So yeah, you probably seen their hoodies on like Chris Paul. Actually, Bobby Wagner had the hoodie on when we did the interview with him. Oh, wow. oh I did see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. He's been rocking with us for a long time. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and it's, it's interesting because it's like, one of these things, like our thing is access over liabilities. You see it, it's directly. Yeah, right. So it's like, you don't have to guess, support black colleges. It's mm-hmm. not too much more to really think. What's, <laughs> yeah. the, like, what's the hidden meaning behind it? You know what I'm saying? Right. But so it just goes to show you that sometimes keeping it simple can go a lot further than right. trying to be like really complex and yeah. abstract. So this is going to be a dope conversation. We're going to talk about how they was able to build such an impressive empire in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're going to give all the game yeah. on the merch side, yes, marketing, yeah. influencer marketing, all that kind of stuff. So before we start, man, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. I appreciate man, thank you. Thank y'all for having us. This is great. This place is fire. Like, <laughs> I wish everybody could see what this looks like. Right. Black excellence. Appreciate Shout, it. Out. Appreciate Shout it. out to my man, Mike. Mike, what up? <laughs> um, all right. So let's, let's get the backstory. Support black colleges. How did this company come about? Yeah. Yeah. So I was at Howard university. Um, I was a sophomore and um, literally started with me and my cousin, um, and we just made a shirt that said "Support Black Colleges." Just like a t-shirt, t-shirt. And I think I was trying to find an outfit for like homecoming. I wanted something fire that nobody else had. Mm. So I all started with just one shirt, "Support Black Colleges." And we had did a little things on the side here and there. Like we used to make these USB bracelets. Remember the bracelet? Oh yeah. We made these little USB bracelets. It was like a plastic bracelet, but you connected it and it turned into a bracelet. And it was a Howard University one. Yeah. And so I found a way to get them into the bookstore and we were selling them. And I'm like, yo, people like HBCU stuff. Mm-hmm. I realized that people liked it. So we made a shirt, this logo right here, supported by colleges. And we had a, a different iteration of it as well. And then um, I wore it and people were just like, yo, need that, need that. So my business mind, I'm like, we got to make some more of these. And at the time, you know, I didn't know nothing about a clothing line, scaling nothing. I'm just trying to make some quick bread. Uh, and so we ended up getting a booth at Homecoming, selling all our merch out, made a few thousand dollars. And, you know, support by college was literally born just off of wanting to make a T-shirt for HBCUs. That's it. Because the, 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 the story starts with y'all. Y'all started in the partying world, right? Like y'all yeah. were promoting parties. Heavy. And you yeah. said we, but like, just you didn't come on right away. Nah, like, not at all. I, if I'm correct, it was like, your thing was like, let me just add value to what he's doing. Yeah. Which yeah. is something that people kind of overlook, like right. just adding value. So like, how did that relationship develop? Yeah, so... Back home, uh, from, I'm from Houston, so back home, my mom, she would uh, she would do, like, her 9 to 5, and then she would do real estate, and then at night, she would do bottle service. So, like, she was, like, heavily, you know, just hustling. Mm-hmm. And she would always let me come to the parties and stuff. Like, she was in the 21 and up clubs, and I was, like, you know, 16, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then she'd be, like, you know, come out for your birthday, like, you know, whatever. So then I'd go, and I'm, like, man, that's what's up. So then I was, like, I need to start throwing parties, too. So before I even made it to Howard, I was throwing like teen parties and stuff so um i did that and i was like man if i go to howard i'm making bread because i was making a couple thousand dollars a party young and i was like well i know college is going to be a central market that we could just really tap into so i went up there and i was like well my first mind is like see who's doing it already and see what's going on and then i went to a house party during my freshman week and I just sat outside and he, then Corey was at the door. So yeah. then he came out because I was like trying to figure out like, 
who's working the door. It's being weird. <laughs> and then mind you, like, yeah. I'm twisted, my hair twisted up now, but I'm talking like I had a fro, like big fro in, in college. And then he just came out and was like, yo, you good, bro? Like, you drunk? And I'm like, nah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm just trying to see, like, who's working the door, who's throwing the parties, like, where they, where people go into the houses and, like, stuff like that. And then we kind of just became friends, and he invited me to the party to come in. And then after that, we started to, like, really do the parties together. That's, for that's crazy, because when we say college is a business decision, we're usually thinking like the financial aid. You're Man. looking at it from a totally different perspective. Yeah. Like, there's an audience there. I need to capitalize at that. Right. Well, my guys, um, yeah, that's that's I, was, Ill. I used to go to school in Baltimore. Oh, uh, I didn't go to HBCU. I was at uh, UMBC. Uh, okay. But um, you know, Baltimore is a lot of black colleges, like right. Mor- Morgan, specifically Morgan and um, Bowie. Bowie, but also um, damn, what's the one on Coppin State? Coppin, yeah. yeah. So um, I had a lot of guys from New York that was went to school in Morgan. Yeah. And a few of them, they used to do party promote. They used to throw parties, and um, they used to make a lot of money. Like, they <laughs> was especially for college for college kids. That's like booming business because you know, college, especially like I said, like the black college is like you know you go and party a yeah. lot, bro, not just homecoming. It. Like every yeah. week, there's a party. Yeah, like bro, every week. every week is three or four parties. And the thing is, like. It's arguable that the party promoters are more popular than the basketball team, the Greeks, yeah, right. yeah. because we literally providing the fun that all of them come to. Right. So when it's like a probate, they're like, hey, can you throw us a probate party? Like, can you right. do these these things? But one thing Justin said that was really important, he provided value since day one. Right, right, And right. he's always been different. Like, imagine going outside a party seeing a kid with a big afro. He used to have this rat tail. Oh, yeah. And he had, like, <laughs> a bunch of colorful wristbands. Like, he was very different. <laughs> Let's just say that. But the first thing when he said about the money thing, I'm like, you a freshman talking like that? I'm like, oh, yeah, you different. Like, and instantly they connected me to him. And I think that that relationship of respect, like, from that point, really got us here, honestly. Yeah. So y'all, y'all met on campus. Yeah. On campus. So that's that's a good story for black colleges as well. Like, you met right. your business partner on, at, on, on a HBCU. So, all right. Yeah. But originally, so you started and you... You're not an owner originally. No. You're just helping out. Yeah, like, he was like, yo, Justin, I'm about to do a photo shoot for my brand. You mind pulling up? I was like, I bet. Like, if you scroll all the way to the bottom of Sport by Colleges, I'm the first photo. Like, the first photo (laughs) shot. Um, Afro out, too. (laughs) Yeah, and then I had an interest in, like, uh, Twitter and, like, growing, like, digital marketing and stuff. So I made them a Twitter you know, got it a couple hundred followers and just gave it to him. Like, just I wanted to help, and then that was really my. I just wanted to be a good friend. Like, yeah, that's all so I was doing. Like, you created the social platforms for them. Yeah, like just out of love. Yeah, like it was. So, was what point do you become business partners? That was three years ago. Like, and what? what well, how did that happen? Yeah, so I was in I was in Houston. So after graduating college, I got a job, and then like six months, eight months in, I was like, this is impossible. Like, it's no way. <laughs> I'm just I'm a terrible employee. What was like, you doing? Um, digital marketing for like a weight scale company, like randomly. So <laughs> randomly. That's random. Okay. So um, <laughs> I'm doing that. And then Corey is calling me like, yeah, I think I'm about to pick support by colleges back up. Cause remember he's like, you know, to on and off with it after school or whatever, like he was working his own job, et cetera. So I, um, I quit my job and then I started to get into like the whole other side, like just doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, so I'm making money though, you know what I'm saying? Like the wrong way. But Corey's like, yo, bro, like you need to come down here. I'm in Atlanta. Like it's live, this and that. I'm like, bro, I'm getting money. I'm straight. Like it's cool. And then one day it was just, it dawned on me. It was like, all right, I'm either going to go like the right way and like not know what's going to go on and hopefully be successful or continue going the wrong way and either like be dead, jail, like whatever. And I was like, 
all right, let me just go try. Like, it's my boy. You know, it is what it is. So then I moved down to Atlanta, and then that's when we started taking it seriously. So you had just graduated college? Yeah. And you decided to leave D.C. Yeah. And you chose Atlanta. Because I know you were going back between, yeah. between D.C. and New York. Yeah. I so, was thinking whether I was going to stay or not. But my roommates at the time was all leaving. So I'm like, am I just going to stay in D.C.? It's kind of expensive. And then I had an apartment in New York because I was working for a um, startup under mm-hmm. uh, Sean Parker, who created, one of the guys who created Facebook and Napster. I you, might, for you might know him. Yeah, so I was working like directly under him doing marketing, social media marketing and college, like college engagement, essentially, because they knew I was a promoter. So they was like, oh, you can get to colleges. And so um, I moved to Atlanta randomly. I've been one time before that. I just I just knew I wanted to come here. I'm I'm the type of person. I just go like I don't think about it. I just make moves. And so went to Atlanta. I had a two bedroom apartment. I had to build such a I had to build a package to get Justin here. Like, I, like that time was like five, seven, eight months of me saying, Justin, come to Atlanta. Yeah. Come to Atlanta. I got an apartment here. I got this. Hey, I'm making money. Like, I was really trying to get him because I knew the value that he bought me in college. And I'm like, this is the person I want to work with. Because for us, it's never really about the money. It was all about the relationships, the 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 um, controlling the environment, like putting on these dope events. And so I knew that if he did the same thing he did with the parties with support by college, I knew it could be unstoppable. And I finally got him out there. So, all right. So, how does it? All right. So, three years ago, you moved to Atlanta. You guys decided to be business partners. So, what's the next steps to actually get this off the ground and up and running? Like, what's the evolution? Well, it's interesting because, like, when I moved down here, we didn't immediately become business partners because, like, I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me to, like, just come down and be like, oh, what's up? Like, I'm trying to go 50-50. Like, what are we doing? Like, so I just kind (laughs) of moved down. And then, like, bro, Corey will tell you. So, in college, like, I was like drinking every weekend, like partying hard, like all of this stuff. But when I moved down, I knew I had to make a change. Like, and that's when I really started like reading and meditating and stuff like that. So the first like 30, 90 days, I literally was in my room and didn't really didn't talk much to Corey at all. But I was just trying to like make some money on my own. So I built up an income of like managing people's social media to like 5,000 a month or something like that within like 30 days. And then Corey ran a shade room post for support by colleges. And then it like did, I don't know, maybe like 20, 10, 20 K, 30 K, something like that. And then he was like, bro, it's no way I can do this on my own. Like if you want to be a part of it, bro, come on. I got $20,000 in inventory, throw up some bread and let's do it. And then that's when I was like, I bet. And I just did it from there. So that's how I kind of got in. Yeah, so you had the twenty thousand in inventory. So, yeah. how, what's the the offer to him now? Like, I want you to be my partner. Yeah, fifty fifty. I'm like, look, I got twenty thousand in inventory. I have zero help. If you give me ten thousand dollars, you can be fifty fifty on this. Well, we didn't know it was going to be supported by colleges. Yeah. Just you know, I didn't think it was fair to give him like a smaller percentage because I knew I was going to make him go to work. So I was like fifty percent all in. Let's do it. And you know, little did I know that. His last ten thousand that he gave me was all he had. He literally had two pennies left in his bank account when he gave me that ten thousand, and Dang. I had no clue that that was the case because yeah. he wasn't talking to me. Like, <laughs> I like I thought, I'm like, yo, what were you doing in Houston? Like, he was such a different person. Like, even I'm just getting now I'm getting to know this Justin, but the old Justin, we used to turn up like we used to be lit, and this Justin, he'd be like, nah, I meditate, and I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? So, yeah, he gave his last ten thousand, and you like know, when, Martin, when Martin went to the sabbatical, definitely that. I got you. So, all right, so let's get into this. So, you do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. 
even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. That's why they created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60, a luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene, with premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos that may come with it in style. Learn more at infinityusa.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. You support black colleges, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, we talked about it off air, but you have your signature, that's the signature, right? But now you have other stuff for like individual colleges. Right, right. right. So, but for individual colleges, you need a trademark, right? You gotta get licensing. How did that work? That process is trash, bro. Very bad. Um, there's only a few companies that pretty much own the licensing for most schools, either like CLC or Learfield or like one of the others. I don't remember their names, but essentially you have to apply, which you can just do with like spending money, but different colleges have different rates. So Howard is like $400 just to apply. And maybe like a cop, it might be like a hundred dollars just to apply. Mm -hmm. After you apply, they either accept you or decline you. You send in your designs, they either accept or decline. Then they want a sample. So then you got to get the sample from overseas send it up, they decline and say, hey, this is wrong. You get another sample, send it, they approve. And then after they approve it, then you can start selling online. So that's the whole process. And then you have to give a percentage too. So some schools are 7%, Mm -hmm. um, some schools are 5 Two depends, but even like for Howard, we try to do a shirt and they're like, oh, it's too much red. You need more blue, you need more gray. Mm. Like it's very specific and very difficult. Honestly. Yeah, because every school has their own like licensing department. So it's not like you working with one person for everything. It's like all schools have one specific person. So this person might not care and yeah. this person might actually care. So you can get away with certain things with others. And then with other ones, they like, nah, you can't do that. Yeah. So that's something I obviously had to learn because I mean, the story, the first original shirt you had all schools on the back of your shirt. Yeah. yeah. So the, was how at the first school you worked with and then how many did you take on after that? It was like, let's Let's solidify Howard, and it was one after the other. We'll just knock them all down. Yeah. I mean, so it's so funny because when all the schools on the back of your shirt, you actually don't need licensing yeah. uh, because it's not an individual. It's no colors. It's just words. Yeah. So if I say Howard, it could be the White Howard. It could be Howard Stern. It could be anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you say Howard University. That's yeah, when you say Howard right. University, the Mecca is, is trademarked, yeah. the real HU, like stuff like that. Real HU. It's very like, and it is the real HU, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I knew it was coming. Shout out to our people at Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Howard was the first one because we were already there. We already had right. a, a very large footprint from throwing parties. Yeah. So what we did was we took the exact same tactics that we did for throwing parties and sold merch. So we putting stickers all over campuses. We doing flyers under doors. It's the same thing. We touching every single person. Right. Um, I'm from North Carolina, and uh, we used to go to uh, North Carolina A&T's homecoming called Jiho. Yeah. Craziest homecoming. I've never been to a homecoming. Jiho is like that. Right. And I went to Howard, so Jiho is like that. So yeah. we went to Jiho, tore it up. Like Justin was like a he's like a social media personality at this time. Oh, so okay. <laughs> we, we, we would go to a pep rally wearing our swear I call stuff and get on stage in front of thousands of people at another school. Yeah. And we used to just like run it up. So then we started A&T. I think we did FAMU. And then we hit the AUC, Clark Landis, yeah. uh, Morehouse. But it all started with Howard, A&T, and I would probably say FAM. Yeah. And now I think we got like maybe like somewhere around 26, 27 licenses and there's 107 HBCUs. So we're yeah. just moving our way. So the, is it the goal eventually to have all 107? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Knock them all. Yeah. Definitely the goal, you know, 
part of it, and we try to explain this to our consumers, like part of it is like, all right, financially it has to be smart. Right. You make something from Howard, it's going to sell out. Make right. something from Family, it's going to sell out. Mm-hmm. But you might have a smaller school like, you know, Stillman University that has 800 kids. It's harder for us to go through that process and then not make money. So we try to represent them in different ways, whether it's on social, putting on back of our shirts and doing, doing things like that, working with their communities to still be able to give back. But yeah. it's just, it's all timing, honestly. So um, our journey with Merch, we started out with um, Printful. Uh-huh. And You're familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the problem with that was they was taking too much of the cut. Yeah, it like 60%. Yeah, it was crazy. It was easy because we didn't have to actually buy the merch right yeah. so for anybody that's not familiar like you know if somebody puts an order in then they actually make it for you and then they ship yep. it right. so one of the problems was that they were taking too much and then when corona hit everything got back ordered and it was like five months people yep. complaining about yeah. that so we stopped and then we started actually um using a manufacturer overseas right and now that's what we use now and then they send it in bulk Mm-hmm. And then whatever we have, we sell. When it's sold out, it's sold out until right. we get a new batch of order. So what was your process? Similar? Oh, man. We, we had so many processes. Every single way you could do it, bro. Yeah. Every single way. We didn't. We used Printful, print-on-demand services, Printify, et cetera. Um, we did it ourselves, like buying a warehouse and hiring seamstresses yeah. and mm-hmm. heat pressing and sewing it down ourselves. We've gotten stuff from overseas that came straight in. Yeah. Uh, we use fulfillment centers, like literally everything you could think of. We then went from top to bottom. But it started off with just like y- y'all are screen printing and stuff like everything. Yeah, right? for, at first, um, screen printing is doing that basic stuff and then yeah. cut and sew anything overseas. Right. But to me personally, and I mean, Justin can say this too. It just depends on what kind of person you are. Like, right. do you want to be in the warehouse managing people? Do you want to be like me and Justin heat pressed and literally like was wait thirty seconds, lifted up neck, and that's what we were doing as CEOs. Yeah. Also shipping, also right. customer service. Right. So it depends on what kind of person you want. Some people just want to make quick money, printify or whatever is all good, printful because you can literally just not do anything but just marketing yeah. and brand. But then the margins are different. So. It's all about self, you know, self-awareness and what you want to do. And me and Justin finally decided we don't want to manage that or do it ourselves. And that's when we got our fulfillment center. Yeah. Yeah. I know Mike, is, he's listening to this like he was pressing in his living room. Yeah, we was doing right? that. I forgot that yeah. part. But that's another thing that's that we did, too. Part, yeah. We actually went from print forward to actually pressing it. Yeah. And then, so talk about the fulfillment center for people that might not know what that, yeah, that is. Like yeah. you said, you're, you're, that's what you're using now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah for what's sure. A, what's a fulfillment center? So mm-hmm. fulfillment center is essentially a place that has warehousing and like it's also known as like third-party logistics, like 3PL. So you send all of your stuff to a warehouse. The warehouse integrates with your store, Shopify, whatever you're using, and then they ship all of the stuff that you've sent to them as your orders come in. So that's fulfillment center in general. So... Why do you guys do that as opposed to just having a some place where you're you actually just ship it out yourself? Yeah. yeah. I just, think go ahead. I, I think for me, like it was one we did that. We've been there, done that. We had three different warehouses and for me personally, I'm not good at managing people. And even though we had a warehouse manager, it was just something that used to just weigh on us. And then once we started to scale, like you know, it's a process. You got a heat press, that takes a certain amount of time, then you have to sell a certain amount of time, then you have to package and bag it. Then you have to put it on the shelves and then you have to pull it for orders, right? Mm-hmm. That process, we didn't master well enough to get orders out in a decent amount of time. So you're talking about shipping times and now customers are involved. Right. And for us, like we could have learned a process and went through all of that. Or we can go to somebody who already is a master at it. And then we got our margins down, too, by right. working with them. So we got our margins lowered and then also somebody who can kind of do everything for us. 
that was the right decision for us based off of what we wanted to do in our company and how we were trying to scale. Because, yeah. you know, we uh, we had an order from, was it Jimmy Jazz or somebody like that? And they were like, yeah, we need like 40,000 hoodies in like a few days. And we're like, I mean, we just can't. 4,000, you said? Yeah, 4,000. Yeah, 4,000. Yeah. And like, we we couldn't do it ourselves. So thinking about that, we like, well, we have a company that can do that in two days. Well, the fulfillment center actually makes the clothes too? Well, ours, ours now, does. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we work with a few, but we, we I was telling Carl, I was like, I just want to be vertically integrated. So it's like, all we have to do is the marketing, which is like what we're really good at. So our current company, we send them designs, they make it from scratch, they bag, fold, store, and then they ship it as well. So it's all in one place. So that way we don't have like a bottleneck on scale because usually what would happen if you just do a fulfillment center, you can start ordering from Pakistan, wherever, and send it to the fulfillment center. But then as you scale now, as a, you know, if what we're doing is like ordering stuff, you become like, I call it like a glorified, like truck operator because I'm just ordering from Pakistan and figuring out when this DHL truck is going to get to the fulfillment center and going back and forth like oh when can I drop and like this and that whereas if I have the person that is storing everything that's also making it now all I have to literally do is market and design and then everything else is handled from there and I can always have stock as well so it's like essentially kind of like Printful kind of yeah yeah kind of yeah except it's like our own Printful yeah Yeah. like we control the numbers and the margins that's what I yeah so like you, you the original issue was the margins, and you started controlling that. But even the, the fulfillment center, there's a cost that right. comes with yeah. that. So, like, how did you base it? Was it just like square footage, or like that's where we're gonna grow? So we need twenty thousand feet square yeah. feet, or we're gonna start out small and then we'll we'll grow uh, and get new ones as we yeah. So we we partnered with the fulfillment center that was like strategically positioned to where they could grow. So they had like five ten thousand square feet, but they were a part of a building that had a hundred thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. So it was more so like. And it's difficult, too, because we're, like, super nimble and, like, a young company. So when you're partnering with, like, big, big fulfillment centers, they it has to be the right way, everything right, on time, et cetera. So it was, like, we need to partner with someone that could grow with us. So they, to answer your question, yeah, we, like, just partnered with someone that was strategically aligned with, like, us in general. And then we were able to grow like that. How'd so, you find the fulfillment center? That's a good question. Um, a guy named David, uh, he's one of, like... Uh, so for me personally, like when I don't know stuff, I just like hire consultants to like teach me as we go. So I've been paying maybe like two, three consultants for about a year now. And he, it was a connection from one of the consultants I paid. Okay. So like a mentor. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. definitely a mentor. Yeah, we don't pay for the information. You actually, yeah, you said that you said yeah. that you, when you pay, you were against that at first, right? But you yeah, said that he, he taught you a lot of different things that you was doing wrong. Definitely. Yeah. Like I just, when for the where we were financially at that time and then also like what we needed, I didn't feel like that was the person. It wasn't necessarily about him. I just didn't think we needed that role in general. And then Justin was like, well, let's just try it for a few months and then we'll revisit in X amount of months. So we tried it for a few months. And then as I started to hear and listen to the calls, I'm like, yo, there's some things that he said that I would have never thought about. Right. And that's what happens to entrepreneurship a lot of times. There's things that we never think about. And so we're losing out on those things because we just don't know. Like right. the, the the most expensive thing is what you do not know. What's some of the things that he that he taught y'all that you was doing? Yeah. Oh, bro, it's so much. <laughs> it's like, I mean, even in the clothing space, like you don't know what like UPC codes are, yeah. being EDI compliant, or what, what? What is that? Like, so UPC codes, like you have to assign because it's kind of like a skew, but you have to assign UPC codes to your every skew so that when you're dealing with multiple places, like you're selling on Amazon, and then you got your fulfillment center, and then you got. Uh, orders from big box companies, you need to just give them a number so they can associate that to every product that you have. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm like, bro, I didn't know at all. Like, you know <laughs> no school for that. Then, <laughs> no school for that. Then, you know, like being EDI compliant, it's just like, it's just so many things that mm-hmm. that. was EDI compliant? So that's like, there's a, every, the thing is with retailers, everyone is different. So like when you deal with Urban Outfitters, you deal with Jimmy Jazz, you deal with et cetera, they all have different ways of receiving goods and getting their POs and et cetera. So you have to like be compliant with each type of person. So that's kind of like that okay yeah so it has to be like all right so this can be one box and it can only be three smalls four mediums two xls it needs to be packed from small to like this yeah. and it needs to be, this box needs to be four by seven like yeah, it's very like specific that. yeah and that's like going into retail stores yeah. yeah and if you don't send it the way they want they'll send it back and charge you for it and charge right. you yeah so all that stuff you didn't know no, no. not at all <laughs> the, the, there's a part that you didn't know and that's marketing right <laughs> so how did we get this thing to become a, a global sensation, right? Obviously, the party promotion mm-hmm. helped out a little, oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, so what was that that first step that was like, all right, we got to get this person yeah. or we got to move it this way or what, yeah. what were we doing? Yeah, I think it's a combination of two things. So one is influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. I think that's been our, that's been our just ride to glory as influencers. Right. And um, the first influence we ever got was Tiana Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, shout, uh, shout out to her. Yeah, shout out to T. Like, she... Bro, she, she holds it down for us. <laughs> Anything she need from me, she got it. Right, for yeah. sure. And um, I waited outside of a club. Well, I, I went into the, in the club, Howard Theater and Howard University, uh, right across from Howard University. And I went into the club. I had a book bag full of merchandise. And this was early on. I didn't have no systems in place, really. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just wanted to get her some merch because I understood who she was and her value. Yeah. And so I literally stand, stood outside of the VIP section for about four or five hours in the club. They turning up. I'm chilling just... Looking like a weirdo. And it's crazy. What club, what club is this? Uh, the Howard Theater. Okay. Ernest, what's going on? If you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash EYL. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash EYL. That's netsuite.com slash EYL. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there. And it's crazy because we had thrown parties at the Howard Theater. That's how I was able to get in with a book bag. Right. That party promotion really helped me. Right. They, I'm like, I packed this stuff out every night. Like, let me get in with this book bag. They searched and everything. And so I was standing outside of VIP, and this lady was like, oh, are you good? Like, what's up with you? Like, you know, you've been here the whole night. What's up? And so, yeah, I'm like, I'm good. What's in the bag, son? <laughs> no, facts, so, facts. And I'm like, you know, I'm good. I just wanted to uh, meet Tiana Taylor and give her some merchandise. Like, I really appreciate who she is. And I always tell people this. You talk to every single person like they're the celebrity because you never know who you're talking to in your team. Like right. somebody could come talk to my sister crazy. You never get into me, right. but you don't know that's my sister. So um, I was talking to the lady. We talking about 30, 40 minutes. She's like, oh, come in the VIP. So she let me in. Um, and I'm like, all right, cool. Now I'm kind of hyped because I'm like, all right, bet. Right. I'm in there. But, you know, it's important to keep composure and understand right. why you're there. Right. Right. Why you're there. It, was, it was her. Um, Karen Civil was in there and uh, a, a player, Jack McClinton, he played for Miami and he had just got drafted, I think. 
So they were all in there, and I'm just just me and my little support black college stuff. Right. And so, uh, long story short, I started building connections in there and just talking to people. And at the end, she was like, "Hey, follow me to the back." And so I'm like, "All right, bet." It turns out that the lady I was talking to was Tian Taylor's mom, uh, was also her manager, and right. I met uh, the dad and everything. And they from Jersey, and my family's from Jersey, so I made that connection. And we like, oh, Jersey, da 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 da. So we started talking about all that. Long story short, at the end of the night, I, I was able to give her some stuff, and we took a picture. She like, let's take a picture. We took a picture. That picture ended up going on social, and it started going crazy. Okay. Two weeks later, she posted on her page. It was a full fit, like a full sweatsuit. She had on some some yellow Jordans. It was like 26s, some random yeah. Jordans. She had a full fit on. She posted on her page, and we made like $20,000 when she posted it. Did she and post like the link? Like, like did she tagged you? She didn't even post the link. She tagged us. She tagged She didn't even post the like, link. Like, yo, support yeah. Black Eyes. It's really crazy because after that, a bunch of blogs picked it up, and that's like where it really gained traction because right. she was so known for fashion. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Everybody trying to buy what she had on. And um, at that point, I understood the value of influencers and what they could do for your brand if you have the right person that aligns with you. And so yeah. that's so, where it started. It's powerful. Um, somebody told us a similar type of story. Uh, Ladoon. Yeah. You ever heard of uh, My God versus My God? I thought about Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. Yeah. 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 UIL Doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we interviewed him, he was talking the same thing where it's like um, the best way to get to a celebrity sometimes is through the, uh, another person. So yeah. he did like drivers. Right, security, yeah. stuff like that, where well, people no. like you don't yeah. necessarily think, but these are people that surround them all the time. So it's yeah. like, you might even give the security that's right. merch for themselves, right? Yep. Let them rock it, let them feel good about it, and then it's like, I, right, yo, how you feel about giving this to Meek Mill or something? Right. Like you know what I'm saying, then they might just do it on their own without you even. But now yeah. it's more of a relationship because they could that's actually right. like, yo, these dudes are really doing their thing. I need to rock with them, like right. you know what I'm saying. And that's the people that they're with all the time: security drivers. Chefs, workout trainers, Anybody, stuff yeah. like that. Stylists. Like, nah, that's that's what I, Barbers. Anybody in the entourage. Yeah. Me, me and Justin, so we coined a term. It's called indirect influencer marketing. Yeah. Indirect. It's like you're not directly talking to that person. You're talking to the person one off for them. So how we got Chris Paul, how we were able to get like Donovan Mitchell, all these people was all not their people, but literally the person who is their stylist or who works for them. And anytime I'm going to pull up on somebody, because I call it the pull up method, where I pull up on you, I have this whole way I do things. Yeah. Um I always bring something for the security. I always, because I'm like, oh, yeah, you need something, bro? What, you, what size you wear? Or 4X? I knew I had a 4X for you. Mm-hmm. Boom. Because even if the celebrity don't wear it, the person's going to see it. Right. So talk about, talk, talk, about the pull up, talk about the pull-up method and <laughs> give one example that actually you uh, okay. use. <laughs> mm, so um, I'll give a, so I, I put up on a little Baby and Gunna. Okay. Got both of them and Thug in the same night. Lil Baby Gunner and Thug. At the club? Yeah, where was this? I, I, it was at <laughs> Clark Atlanta Homecoming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Clark Atlanta Homecoming. So we had built a relationship with Clark Atlanta the year before. We basically overserved them. We gave their whole um, Royal Court hoodies and we just took care of them the year before. No, like we didn't know what was going to happen from it. We just was building a relationship yeah. because we say we support black colleges. So how will we not support people who come to us who need the help? Right. So we literally were just walking in our truth and what we stand for. Um, and then the next year, he's like, hey, yo, uh, we're about to have this concert. I think it's going to be pretty decent. So I'm like, who you got? And so at first, they had only booked Gunna. They didn't even have nobody else. So like, we got Gunna. I'm like, that's good enough. Like, right. I'll pull up for Gunna. Yeah. But he said, we might have some surprise guests because uh, one of our guys, Fly Guy DC, was hosting. He cooled everybody. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to bring as much stuff as I can and just expect whatever. And so uh, I tried to see, I think I tried to get you to come with me. Yeah, and, I was doing something. And he was like, nah, I ain't going. Nah, so just I'm was like, meditating. And I'm like, man, I really ain't want to go by myself. Like, And so I tried to get a few, everybody kept saying no. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go by myself. I don't want to miss this opportunity. So I went 
and I'm out there standing. It's outside on the football field. So down on the field is like the VIPs. And it's a lot of people, still a few hundred. And then the whole stadium is filled with kids and uh, college students. So I got down there and I'm waiting. I'm like outside the VIP. I had a pass to get inside the VIP, like where the backstage and all that was. But I was waiting outside because I was trying to see when somebody walks in, what is their steps from here to here to here to stage? And then what do they do when they come off the stage? See, a lot of people, when they try to get an influencer, they instantly, I'm backstage. Mm-hmm. No, because you're just taking up space. Scope people are like, right. people are like, what are you doing? So I always stay out first. I look at every single thing. I looked at the small acts coming on. I saw where they were coming out. So I said, okay, this is the entry point. This is the exit point, And this is who's controlling people going in and out. So when I found a person who was controlling who was going in and out, I immediately said, hey, bro, bro, you need a hoodie. Like, you need, you need one of these. Like, mm-hmm. I can see, oh, bro, I love the brand. Da-da. Gave him something. I'm like, I'm good to get in there when I need to. I already established that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you got some stuff for the uh, artists. You know, we got a lot of people coming. I'm like, yeah, bro, of course I do. So he's like, all right, cool. So when I'm there, I'm getting these messages like, hey, I heard Baby was going to be there. Jada, Ari, uh, Gunna, Thug, all these people. So I'm like, oh, it's lit. So I instantly got into my position and I saw Baby, um, the way he came in, you have to like cross the whole field. So I literally saw him walking. Everybody's like, ah. It started to go crazy. So as soon as I saw him, I instantly went back there and I stood like in the corner, kind of in the cut. And my guy who actually got me a ticket to get in, he's like, hey, bro, when he comes, we're going to put him right here and you need to be just be ready. So what I did was I took three or four hoodies out. I threw my book bag that has I put it in the corner where nobody could see it. And I was holding them. And then one of my pictures, you could see there was actually a hoodie in between my legs. because I just had I was ready to go. <laughs> so first person I actually saw and talked to was Gunna. I pulled up on him like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, I run this brand, Sport by Colleges. I could tell it was a lot going on. He was kind of just like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I just like held it up right in front of him, took a picture, right? I instantly gave it to the person who was looking at me the meanest. Because that's always the person who's with him. Because I'm like, hey, bro, this is for Gunner, da, da, da. Gave it to him. I knew Gunner wasn't holding that hoodie. And he's about to go perform. And I think a lot of times when people pull up, they get so mad at the celebrity don't take it. You got to understand, they, they mindset is not, I want to get merch. Right. Yes. And think about how many times people try to give them some merch, right. especially some merch that don't be that good, honestly. <laughs> honest. So that was gonna. The other two people, uh, Baby was actually very easy to get. So while Gunna was on, Baby was in the back as like the surprise guest. And then in walks Thug and G Herbo. I forgot G Herbo was there too. And so uh, Baby was in the corner, actually really just chilling, him and one person. So I'm like, this is an opportunity. It's not a lot going on. People are all focused on Gunna. So I went uh, and I was about to pull up. And I said, hold on, let me not pull up yet. Because they were like kind of intently talking. So I was waiting for the guy to look at me. And I'm like, I just like kept like doing like this. Like, yo, yo. And so we got, I was like, yo, I got these hoodies. Like, do he want one? And he was like, yeah, bring it over here. So after he said that, I gave it to the baby. I'm like, yo, I had this brand start getting a spiel. He stopped me. I was like, I done seen this everywhere. Uh, and when he said that, I'm like, really? And I'm like, like, yeah, bro, I see this everywhere. Like, bro, I need one of these. I'm like, bro, my gotcha. What color and what size? I gave him a few hoodies and I gave his manager one. Like, I appreciate you, bro. Take the hoodie too. Right. And so that's kind of how I operate when I do a pull up. I kind of, I kind of like focus on entry points, exit points, who's running the show. That's really important. Who's running the show. And then also timing is everything. Because if I would have got, got little baby when he tried to leave, it's hard to give it to him because everybody, he's trying to leave, everybody's trying to grab him and all that stuff. So I end up getting Baby, Gunna, G Herbo, Thug, um, I think one other person that night too. Yeah. All in one night getting some merch. One hell of a night tour. I want right. to I I just dive into that because it's extremely insightful um, from a few different standpoints. I feel like it's almost like a military type of oh, yeah. strategic 
training behind it. Like even when you were standing outside with Tiana Taylor, like you know what I'm yeah. saying, for five right. hours, like you gotta have discipline to do that first. Right. Yeah. You got to. But then also like how you said, like when you scope the scene, like that's like a security type of vibe. Yeah. Like when you go somewhere, you look at all the entry points, the exit mm-hmm. points, who's there, and he's like you say, Okay, this is the gatekeeper. Even when you say like the person that's me mugging me, you know you gotta make him happy. Right. He's there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All of that stuff is something that people don't necessarily think about. They're like, yeah. all right, I'm just gonna run up on a celebrity. Right. It's like that's not how you go about it. You yeah. got to be tactical about it. Like yeah. if you was actually doing a military mission, right. <laughs> I nah. never thought of it like that. That's crazy. Nah. Said that. I never nah. thought right. of it. We've been then, we've been on a few missions. Yeah, <laughs> I already know. And there's one thing that, and this is why I know this is why Corey likes for me to come too. Because if you have two people, it's a lot easier. Because yeah. you need somebody that just do not care, and that's me. That's a fact. So like, when, he does not care. So Corey will be fact. like, "Yo, like I, I'm trying to see what's, who in there." I'm like. Uh, and I literally just walk straight in, yeah. and then I just look around, and I come back. And I'm like, all right, this, this, this isn't that going on. And then he'll plot his play from there. Same, so, yo, that's crazy. Like, he'll, he'll hype me up, like, be, all right, bro, let's get it. It'll like, be the same like our dynamic. I'll be like, I'll look because I don't, I remember everybody's face. I'm like, yo, yeah. He's in there. She's in there. They in there. They in there. He's like, which one is which? <laughs> like, <"Bro." laughs> like yeah, but we've had to, we've had to do that. He, he's more like. Listen, we're not gonna have another time. This is the time. Right, 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 right. I had to learn that though. Like yeah, we, we ran up, uh, met Envy. Yeah. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is the time. When right, I, we yeah. went to um, uh, St. John, uh, artist. He had, yeah, he had a uh, album release party, and I called him like, "Yo, you want to come?" He's like, "I'm not gonna be able to make it. I got, I got to do something." So I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna go by myself." This is like the first time I'm about to be on this yeah, mission. Right. But it was a powerful mission because once we. Yeah. I didn't realize that people realized who we were. Right. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. And then we started meeting people and then we got the relationship with United Masters and mm-hmm. we met Benny oh, Pugh, who was like Khaled's manager. It was like, oh, it all successful mission. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, you got to be tactical about yeah, it. And, and, and the thing is this, it won't always work out. I think that right. people got to right. understand that. Like, I waited outside of uh, Made the Stallion's dressing room for five hours. I literally... <laughs> Who loves five hours? I, bro, I'm trying to tell you. Just to tell you, it was the night before Essence Fest. Yeah, oh my we, God. We had the warehouse all day packing for Essence Fest putting stuff in trucks and so i left the shower to go to meg the Stein's concert which i finessed into with a book bag as well <laughs> and i ended up getting all the way down to her dressing room because the guy that was at the front recognized the brand and i knew one of the guys in the back and it's actually funny because while i was back there they, they did a sweep anybody who's not supposed to be in here gotta get out what's going on Ernest? look at 26 i made one of the most important decisions of my life that's right i didn't have family at the time but I did have a life insurance policy. A wise man told me life insurance isn't about the people who die. It's about the people who live. It's one of the best ways to secure generational wealth for your family's future. And it makes perfect sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which surprisingly is affordable. Why not pay a little bit each month to secure the future of the people you love long term? If you're asking yourself that question, I want you to check out Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get coverage. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder's algorithms work instantly, so you'll know right away if you're approved for coverage. No hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to get started. So check out Ladder today to see if you're instantly approved. Go to ladderlife.com slash EYL. That's L A. D-D-E-R life.com slash E-Y-L. That's ladderlife.com slash E-Y-L. You know how this works. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Secure your family's future right now. I hid in the bathroom <laughs> for 20 minutes waiting. But I'm trying to tell God, you, I'm like feet on the toilet seat. Like, yo, I, I don't want to get kicked out because I'm already back here. I ended up surviving a sweep. 
And then um, the person who was standing outside her dressing room was like, um, she just kept looking at me. And I was like, um, you know, when is Meg coming? You know, kind of thing. Because she was dumb late to the show. It's like 1 a.m. And so I'm like, yo, I just have some merch for her. Like, I really just want to put this merch in here. I don't even got to meet her. I just want to put it in there. So I think a, a, a liquor company was sponsoring it. And I put my stuff in the display that the liquor company had yeah. put up as a display because I knew that they would go to the liquor to drink. Obviously, uh, yeah, yeah. So I put it in there. All of that worked out. I'm like, cool. Now we just wait, right? About 20 minutes later, I'm like, all right, I got to leave because we had to go. Like, right. I, it was a long day. Long story short, um, I was texting one. I got the girl's number and I was texting her to kind of figure out, well, so when she come, all of that. She didn't text me at the rest of the night. The next day, I hit her like, hey, what happened with the bag? You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, Meg never came to the dressing room. Like, she never came. She got on stage and left instantly. And I was like, it was a lot of merchandise. It was at yeah, least yeah. like it was hella stuff. It was that. hella stuff because I, I got stuff for our whole team and everything. I wanted everybody to be able to get something. And Meg is our ideal influencer. She went to Texas Southern, yep. graduated from HBCU. She she big, you know. She's a mo- really popular. So um, that ended up work not working out. And I spent five hours of my life where I could have easily been doing something else, doing it. But you just don't know. And if you don't take that leap of faith, then you have no idea what could have came out of it. Yeah, yeah. it's also going back to the person next to you. It's the um, casino. Yeah. You ever watch that movie? No, nah, I never seen it. You've heard of it though? Yeah, I've heard of that movie. One of my top five movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. So, so Casino is okay, about he's, a, he's about like these mobsters that was running um Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the main characters, his name is Sam Rothstein, played by Robert De Niro. Yeah. So in the movie Casino, he was talking and he was saying that the most important people in Vegas, who do you think he said was the most important people in Vegas? Mm. Um, I would say the people who make the machines. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like now it's going to be the person next to you now. <laughs> like, Justin's going to get this. <laughs> you know me, I'm so you saying the most important people in Vegas was not the high rollers, not the bosses, none of that. It was the um, valet parkers. Because he was like, the pe- Vegas is real big on valet. Everybody, he's yeah. like, the people that valet know everything mm-hmm. and they know everybody. Right. So he was like, the key to Vegas is the valet parkers. Wow. Like you get in good with the valet, and they moved. It was a crime. So they were talking about like drugs and all right, that stuff. Right. But he was like, the valet people are really the conduit. Celebrities, everything. It, it all goes through the valet. Sometimes you overlook the most important person because right. you're trying to get to who you think. See, and that's what happened with us because um, when we were trying to get Chris Paul, Corey had went to a game and he was like literally at the tunnel trying to like pass him something. And then we came <laughs> back. Five hours. <laughs> that was only two hours. But- <laughs> so then he comes back to the crib and I'm just telling him like, bro, it's got to be a better way. And then I was just like, all right, let's look at everyone that he, Chris Paul is following and then just go look through their social media profile and see who it is. So then we ended up finding his stylist. And then that's when it clicked to us, too. It was like, damn, Chris Paul's not dressing himself. You know, yeah. LeBron, like none of them. And then we also came to the realization that the stylists have multiple clients. So yeah. if I could just get in good with one stylist, they're going to dress everybody else, too. Mm-hmm. So we, we ended up sending her a message. And then she was just like, oh, we heard about you. We bought some stuff, actually. We're waiting on the package to come out. So we put a bunch of stuff in that package, sent it off to him. And then that relationship from getting, quote, unquote, denied at the, the tunnel went to us finding the stylist, which, which went to Chris Paul wearing something, which went to him wearing it on the Allstate commercial, which then went to the NBA uh, Players Association wanting to do a partnership, mm-hmm. then led to the partnership with the NBA, and then led to us doing everything for the All-Star game. So it all started from just making that one connection with the indirect influence for marketing. Yeah, I feel like it, during the, the pandemic and obviously the civil unrest in the country, 
like we started seeing the athletes doing. Are we talking about that that time frame with yeah. Chris Paul yeah. and everything? Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. that's that's right when it started. And two, so the ability to pivot, right? That's like extremely important. And a lot of people didn't pivot correctly for the pandemic, but a lot of people did pivot correctly, especially uh, in retail, right? Yeah, especially in retail. Like yeah. me and Justin had that conversation. Like, are people going to buy clothes during the pandemic? Like, you don't need clothes. I thought we were going, going to away. zero, bro. I yeah, was like, like yeah. he was worried that the business would yeah. shut down. And so we made a split decision to make this uh, this mock-up of a shirt that says support black lives. And there was a um, brown and black shirt, support black lives. And there was a Desmond Tutu quote on it talking about um, an injustice, like some people going to act and some people not, essentially. Right. And uh, that shirt did $100,000 in one day right. over a mock-up. We got on, um, got on computer Canva, marked something up real quick, and just dropped it to the audience because the need was there. Right. I think it was like the day after George, uh, George Floyd passed. Mm-hmm. And what we did was we was like, all right, we're going to donate proceeds to this foundation, this foundation. And we ran it up literally 100K in, in 24 hours. And I was like, this is important. We have to understand when to drop, how to drop, and what are we supporting? What cause are we supporting? And how does this impact the lives of people who are going to purchase it? And from that point, we understood that even during the pandemic, we can make money. And then the players hopped on, and then this hopped on, and then it just became a whole movement. Yeah, it was everywhere. What you spoke about, shout out to Chris Boy. He's your second yeah. group of people that we supported that's been on the show. Eastside Golf, you ever heard of them? Yeah. Yeah, they're hard. Yeah, they're, yeah, they hard. They had I, I always see them stuff. Yeah, 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 we had them on the show, yeah, and cool. uh, Chris Paul, he supported them, kind of similar situation. Yeah. But what you spoke about, that's another marketing strategy. Brandon Medford was the first person that actually said it, but I was doing that before. Shout out to him, PTG. You know them? PTG? Uh, they do the cars. The car. We'll, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he, he was on, and he was talking about how he got to Meek Mill, and he was he sold Meek Mill a Lamborghini Urus. And um, so DMing Meek Mill, he's not responding. All right. All right, right. It's Meek Mill. Um, so he says, okay. And this is something that I was doing, too, and you just said it, it's good. So when you go to somebody... List of who they're following, right? right? It's usually like at least one or two mutuals, all right? Yeah, yeah, Everybody has a mutual, yep. So he went to Meek Mill's list to see who he was following. It turns out Meek Mill was following a lot of exotic dancers uh-huh. that he had sold cars to because <laughs> they had bad credit. Oh, wow, so yeah. he, he's like, oh, I know her, all right? So he reached out to a few of them. Long story short, like two of them hit him back. And then that same day, he was in communication with Meek Mill. Right. And then he yeah. ended up selling the car to him like the next day. Wow. So that's, but that's a good way to go about it, too. Yeah. It's like, who are they following? Right. Because usually if somebody's following somebody, they at least have some level of relationship. Right. And then if you know the person, now you can come in and say, hey, can you give me a referral? Right. I need to meet this person. How do I exactly. go about it? So now it's a warm Lead exactly. as opposed to a cold call. Yeah, I was going to say the power of referral, right? They yeah. were, Meek puts out a, a tweet or an Instagram post like, I'm looking for the Lambo truck. If I just sold seven cars to all these ladies, right. they're like, I know the guy. Right. I got to get them. And so right. like, he was able to get that Lambo truck. It, it reminds me a lot of when we um, when we got the close into the NBA 2K game because... Mm-hmm. We did, let's not just gloss over that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to y'all for that. Like That's no, major. It was, bro, it's funny because I always tell Corey that was the easiest thing we ever did. Yeah, like, top was, five easiest. Top, it had to be and then not the top three, like yeah, probably. Top three, it, was, sure. it was up there. For sure. So it was interesting because 
we was looking at all these NBA players wearing HBCU stuff, even wearing our stuff. And then we like, bro, we should get into the game. Like, it just makes sense. So we go to Ronnie2K's Instagram and mm-hmm. we see he got millions of followers. So it was like, that ain't going to work. So then we go to his every, everyone that he's following and just look at everyone who has NBA 2K in their bio. Like, they work there in some capacity. There's only 400 people that he followed. Right. Only 400. So hit up all of those people, maybe like 10, 15, and then a few got back. But then one of them happened to go to an HBCU. So he was like, I don't know. I'm not the guy that does this, but I know the guy who does. Mm-hmm. Then he put us in an email thread, and then the next day it was done. And that was all we did. Literally. Fire. Yeah. The guy the guy was like, bro, I played at UMES. He was like, bro, I love y'all's brand. He said, all I want is a hoodie out of this. I said, bro, we will send you as many hoodies as you want. <laughs> we got in that email. I'm talking about two days later, I was sending them designs. And we had to figure out how to make it video game design yeah, it's not yeah. just a regular png right. so we had to hire somebody to make it a video game file but i mean it was literally us just going the extra step because most people quit at oh ronnie didn't respond bro yeah. like, you got like, you got to be creative you know, another be. way that we that we've done before is uh like with mark cuban worked a few times for us with like we put a post wrote a post about like mark cuban and mm-hmm. i'm like tag him in the comments if you yeah. want if you want to oh, see him yeah. on eyl that two ways how that could work because we did the same thing with Gary V and Gary mm-hmm. V so many people tagged him in the comments that his actual like operations manager actually reached out to us right. like they had to Gary's ready yeah. they, they had to <laughs> and then we yeah. did it but then the other side is that with Mark Cuban a lot of people and what happened is that shout out to Al Harrington Al Harrington actually hit us up like yo I know I know him like I, can, right. I see y'all trying to get him right. so sometimes you just gotta make it you gotta make your want public yeah. and then yeah. he connected the dots and we got it done so that might be top one of the top three easiest ones that we had oh yeah. that's crazy, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, right. exactly. that ain't nobody yeah. he's a billionaire they said know, the it was like yo here's his email I'm like that's yeah, crazy. Like what? <laughs> See, oh, and that's what happened with the um with the what if method because we'll, what's that? What's the what if method? So what we do <laughs> is like we'll come up with ideas of people that we want to do collabs with or partnerships with, and then we'll say what if or what would it look like if we partnered with X, Y, and Z? So we uh, Urban Outfitters had actually did a partnership with this uh, other brand, and they made some HBCU stuff, and it was like in Urban Outfitters, but on Twitter it was getting slandered crazy because like the, they it just, wasn't authentic. They didn't. It didn't feel authentic. It was they didn't too like, expensive. It was. Yeah. It was a lot of things. They though. didn't like the designs, like stuff like that. So we was like, all right, that happened. We need to strike fast, and then we say, what if we did the collaboration with Urban Outfitters? What would it look like? Yeah. And then we put it out. It got thousands of likes or whatever and they was everybody was tagging urban so then the next day we look in the email and urban's like yo we saw what you guys were doing we'd love to get you in the store x y and z and then that turned into i mean they bought hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff from us now Mm. no that's that's really that's really smart because you you capitalize off of somebody else's mistake yeah Yeah. and it's like brands do that all the time where they just make mistakes right, right yeah. and it's like they might have just did the wrong collab they might have had the wrong commercial and then everybody's like trying to like trash them and all of that yeah, but it's yeah. like all right instead of like just throwing them away what, what if, if right yeah, I, like that. <laughs> I like that what yeah. if so that works so social media obviously is key here right oh, we, yeah. we did it with 2k we did it with uh urban outfitters right when what if we're in macy's because, yeah. like, I'm not sure how in tap they are with social media. Yeah, yeah, So, like, how did that even come about? Like, who approached yeah. them? Yeah, so that was from, like, consultants. So the good thing is, like, 
I like to I like to pay for people's experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I hire a consultant like him, they already have access to all of these other places. So once we got into urban and kind of proved the concept, he was like, oh, bet. I'm taking it to Macy's, DTLR, Bloomingdale's, et cetera. And then it, that's really all it was. So it was essentially like, hey, make me a line sheet. You're in urban already. I'm going to send it over to Macy's. And it was instant like Proof that. Proof of concept. Yeah, Everything yeah, you're yeah. saying, is, is, it, transcend, oh. it transcends so many different businesses. Yeah. And it's like one thing about businesses that whether it's merch, whether it's podcasting, whether it's whatever, it's a lot of similarities yeah. in, in it. And it's like even for us, like, you know, we did an activation at our Basel and with Ally United Masters, and that was something that was really unique because you know financial literacy activation. Right. It worked out. Now we have a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, all right, what event do we want to do next? Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you want. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Take your exactly. <laughs> exactly. Once you do one thing, now you have a proof of concept. We have to do this Easy. again. No, for sure. Everywhere. <laughs> and then this is what we do too, because every it's funny because you're right, because we're going back and forth like how things work out. And when you said that, I thought about how we get other influencers to wear our stuff. So once like Chris Paul wears something, we'll DM KD and be like, yo, KD, Chris Paul wearing something, Devin Booker, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, all these people, like, what do you, what you on? I'm like, what type not, of time? You're like, do you not support? I don't get it. And, you know, we just joking or whatever. Yeah. But then, you know, that proof of concept makes them like, oh, damn, all the homies wearing it. Like, let me go ahead and yeah. support it. Yeah, we, throwing them name, we throwing Giannis at them. Like, Giannis CP. It's <laughs> like, Greece. It, 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 it gets you credibility, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, once facts. one person, same thing with us. Like, it's like, all right, we can go to, you know, whoever and be like, yo, all right, Rick Ross is on the show. T.I. is on the show. Right. Da-da-da-da. Khaled's on the Come show. On. Yeah. So don't try to act like you two good for the show. Like, you know what it should be not, not one person should be like, I'm not coming on that show. Not right. one person. Right. Not, yeah. It's no way. It's Definitely adds a lot of credibility Definitely once does. one person stands next to it. It's right. like a lot of other people feel more comfortable standing yeah. next to it. When, so when y'all, y'all chose Chris Paul specifically, mm-hmm. um, obviously he was the president of the MBPA yeah. at the time. So I, I get it. Like, you didn't Amazing. choose. But yeah, it's like we could have cited LeBron, but like this guy can get to the entire league. Mm-hmm. Were you making custom designs specifically for them to make it unique? Like, all right, well, I, I just don't want to have that one. Yeah. Cause I remember they had the, the jacket with the, yeah. Oh, with the joints all the way down. So that was a custom we did for all the NBA all-stars. Actually, <sighs> we, we, we yeah. spent that, that whole, the way that came about was crazy. Cause right. that wasn't supposed Fire. to happen. <laughs> <It was. laughs> yeah. So what I did was I looked at an old all-star jacket from years ago. One of my favorite ones. I forgot where they were what city it was, but they basically had, um, they had the black and white, like they had the stars, the stars of how many, um, all-stars they had, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. had like MVP trophies. I was like, we should do that down the sleeves. And then the all-star colors, red and blue. And then on the back, put their number and their name. And so we were up until like 4 a.m. The, the, the morning of all-stars still making those hoodies because yeah. we made them all from scratch. But, um, we did for him, for Chris Paul, we sent our regular stuff. Obviously we sent vintage t-shirts that weren't even ours, just yeah. vintage HBCU that we had thrifted. And we was like, he wears that kind of stuff. Let's throw it in there. And we were just giving him any and everything HBCU so he could have enough to talk about. Yeah. Right. So he's always talking about it. It's always on brand. Then when he puts our stuff on, then it's like, oh, it makes sense. He already was talking about this. And so we kind of warmed the audience up with not just our stuff, but even stuff that wasn't ours, just so people would talk about it and have conversation. Yeah. And then it came time to the bubble. So the NBA had the bubble. They, they shut down the NBA. I'm like, dang, we had so much momentum. All the players were wearing our stuff. Yeah. The bubble came. Chris Paul's team hit me. They said, Corey. We want to do a sneaker um, for a bunch of different HBCUs, custom sneakers, custom Jordans, and every sneaker is going to have an HBCU, and we want to tell a story. 
So what I did was I did some research. I'm like, this is the founding date. This is this. And I would make them post. They would send me the shoes before he even went on the court. Like mm-hmm. pregame, they taking pictures and stuff. I would get those pictures before the game started. And I would quickly send it to our graphic person. He would make a post. By the time Chris Paul, the game is over, he posting the sneakers, all of that. Our logos on every single post. Right. Our logos on every single post. And he's like, support black college. And he's saying, oh, Clark Atlanta was founded here. These shoes were inspired by Clark Atlanta. And so we do stuff like that for Chris and the team because – they really are about supporting HB. They really about that life. And so we just give them whatever they need because it's worth it for them and it's worth it for us. It's the general idea of support black business and right. black pride was at an all-time high. Crazy. So a brand like support black colleges, that's just like, you know what I mean, goes hand in hand yeah. with that social conscious awareness that's happening. Bro, it, yeah. it's interesting because like, things like that you can't really time you know it's just like a certain element of luck so i was just thinking about that the other day and i was like amber like there's there's no way we could have planned that so when all of those things happened all we had to do was just pivot and then everybody was i was thinking we were i was like Corey, it's very possible that people are going to just buy white tees and like you know not spend no money and then everybody's mindset shifted to, oh, no, we're only supporting black businesses. And over-supporting. And that's it. And then we were like, all right, bet. So we need to pivot, drop more stuff, and then spend more in advertising. And then that's when we spent the like most in advertising we ever had. And those are some of our our biggest months ever. I'm just thinking from a standpoint where it's like, the name is perfect, right? Because yeah. if everybody's trying to support black, once you type in support black, right. you're at the top of the search. Yeah, yeah. we definitely at the top of the search. <laughs> like you're at the top of the like, search. So it was like the first thing that they go. That's, that's what I was going to say. The SEO marketing is like, wait, support black. As soon as I type it in, it's you. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, this is the first place. Oh, wait, support black colleges? Yeah, we definitely have to do right, that. Right, right. That's, that's like, good. That's and incredible. our SEO is so good. I had a lady call me and said, my brand is called HBCU something, something. And y'all's page always comes up. And like, how do I get this to stop? And I'm just like, I have no idea even how that happened. I said, I guess people are just searching it. (laughs) But the truth is like, we spend money on that. And and one thing about that is like, about just doing what you're supposed to be doing. Y'all are already doing this. And so when you're doing what you're supposed to do and true to who you really are, the people will find you. And they found y'all just like they were supposed to. They found us just like, we we wasn't supposed to get all this money two years ago. We wouldn't have been ready for it. We wouldn't have been prepared for what was coming. So Everything comes at the right time, and we appreciate the time that it came. It was unfortunate how it had to come, but we made it work. And you got to be positioned. So that's another thing, too. You have to be positioned. And like you said, you don't know when something's going to happen. Sometimes you're just fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time. But the thing with the right place at the right time that's misleading is that you could be at the right place at the right time, but the third part is being prepared. So you could be at the right place, right time. If you're not prepared, it doesn't matter. And we were prepared to benefit from the financial crisis. Right. You were prepared to benefit from, you know, everything that was going on because right. you had the infrastructure in place. Mm-hmm. We had the infrastructure in place. So I tell people all the time, like, build your infrastructure, do the groundwork, and you never know what could happen, Fact. but yeah. you can't benefit from it if you're not prepared. Yeah, yeah. I, I, That's, like, part of my yeah. thing is, like, I always say, like, being in the right place all the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> whether you got to hide in the bathroom, right. whether you got to wait five hours, you're doing it, and it didn't work. That's right. fine. I'm going to put myself in position every time. I'm going to put it as many positions I can be in, I'm in because right. it could work. It's a game exactly. of numbers. It could yeah. work. Eventually, it's going to work. Exactly. Right. And Somebody got to say yes eventually. Like, yeah. Even if you like, I'm just going to say yes because I feel bad for him for waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the pity yes. <laughs> I didn't in the stall, y'all. <laughs> and I think, too, because we have we talk about times that did work, but we should talk about times that didn't work. And that's when we made a million dollars on Black Friday. And it actually backfired on us. Like, it wasn't what 
we thought making a million dollars would be like. So talk about that. Yeah, how, how, did that how did that? How did? So most people say you made a million dollars on Black Friday. That's a you know that's a successful day by any measure. <laughs> successful year life. So how, how is that? How did that? How did that backfire? So uh, I I thought the beginning of the story. I'll let Justin kind of finish it. But one thing about one thing about the way um, life happens is something bad always happens before something good happens. So before we made that money. Our warehouse had flooded actually two weeks before that. Ooh. It was a big rainstorm. And I think all of us were out of town. I was in North Carolina. Mm. I think you were in Houston because yeah, we had to send Bilal to go check on the yeah, warehouse. Yeah. So um, it rained in Atlanta randomly, like OD hard for like two days. Mm. And so um, we got a call from the uh, from the warehouse like, hey, a lot of warehouses are flooding. Go check on your warehouse. Send somebody up there. Sure enough, it flooded. Now, this is the worst part about it. It's not like just regular stuff flooded. It was all our stuff from overseas. So you know how that works. It takes time. You yeah, can't yeah. just you can't just make it. So it was all yeah. cut and sew stuff. And that was our Black Friday sale. Pissed, just like whatever. So we ended up getting a warehouse like four days. We like we got to get out of here. We got a new warehouse. We lost. I don't know how much money we lost. Anywhere from twenty to fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. So we're, that was a big chunk, and the margins on that were, were great. Right. And so we ended up losing that. We moved into a new warehouse, and we had to redirect how we were going to market and brand. A pivot once again right. in crisis, something good always comes out of it. Right. So we actually got really creative, influencer marketing posts from all these big platforms, and we really went ham on the ground, email, text message marketing, and we learned that stuff in that two weeks in order to prepare for the Black Friday launch. And I, I want you to type it on the Black Friday launch, and then like what happened after that? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it was like a five day campaign. So between uh, Black Friday and we start Black Friday a little bit early too, because something I learned from my consultants is. Um, most of the big box companies are starting them way earlier and they're disguised, they're disguising it as friends and family sales. So, but their, their tactic is to just steal all the money from everybody before small businesses can even get a chance to make money because they're starting on black Friday. So we started a little early, like, um, we started that year. A week I want to say no, I think we were like maybe Wednesday. Like yeah, I think Tuesday we started on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. But the, but the big box was starting two months early. Right, right, right. Yeah. You start seeing those sales two in months. October. Yeah. 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 So, um, so we put that together. Then we kind of ideated like what we wanted to do. We ended up doing a buy one, get one hoodie. So it was like, I mean, essentially 50% off or like whatever. Um, yeah. And it went crazy, bro. Like, um, we sent out how many texts, uh, probably like three to three texts a day, two emails a day, something along those lines and yeah within that five-day period we did a, a little over a million dollars like um like one point a little under 1.1 1. 1. and yeah. it was crazy yeah. and, and and to a, a little hack for black friday always drop a new product at full price yeah fine. so you have your sales stuff obviously every black friday drop a new product at full price because people right. are still going to buy because they feel like they're getting a, a deal on everything else so instead of sending their money somewhere else just spend the full price with you that's a hack yeah. and then for us too I think one thing that really did us well was disguising that BOGO, I mean, that 50% off as BOGO, and yeah. then like, oh, free shipping too if you if you spend this much. Mm-hmm. So it was like deal on top of deal on top of deal. That way you feel like there's no way I can't get this and make it happen. So that's how we were able to get the money, I mean, the the numbers. And after that, the part that was hard was fulfilling the stuff. Because yeah. <laughs> we sold, we so we had 34,000 items sold. Yeah. 14,000 14, orders. Yeah. yeah. So 34,000 items. And we had a staff of what? Eight people? Yeah. Manually Eight. heat pressing? <laughs> so that's when... Guess, guess what, guys? <laughs> hey, listen. It's overtime this year. Right. <laughs> oh, no. We... So by the end of that season, we had, what, 30 staff people? Yeah, 30. Somewhere but, in there. You're you know, hiring as, like, yeah. right I'm after. About so we, you didn't have the inventory in place. 
No, we thought all. we had enough. You know, at first, yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> we didn't have we didn't have nothing like the, the stuff we had on the shelves were going that day. Yeah, and then what we realized was like, man, we wasn't really prepared for a million dollar day. Yeah, and so I think we ended up getting those orders out. I mean, they they started they they finished in like March or April. It happened, happened to us um, two years ago. Same thing. Happened. We didn't do the million dollars for merch, but we we did a lot of merch. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our first time actually using the, the guys overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were promised us something that they really couldn't. They always do. The worst. And it took us to springtime to actually mm-hmm. fulfill that orders. And a lot of people was unhappy. And right. it was a lot. It was just a whole It's thing. tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. You, he has high anxiety. So can you imagine him during this time? Oh, oh man. That's why now we don't sell anything that we don't have. Man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, learn. Let's that's learn. Like, go back <laughs> to this. That's like a street rule. Yeah. Every day, I'm like, yo, bro, sorry, man. We going, it's coming. It's, it's, yeah. it's coming. Yeah, it's coming, don't bro. Don't sell any work that you don't have. So, so y'all, y'all hired 30 people. Yeah. And do we keep these people? Nah. Is it, or is it like seasonal? Seasonal. <laughs> Some of them were planning to be seasonal. Okay. But you know, we were living that life like, oh, we got a warehouse. We got 30 employees. We was talking on social media. We got 30 employees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lit. But not understanding that a lot of those people weren't actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. So we're paying people and it looks busy because you're taking a hoodie here. But the production seemed to even go lower than when we had eight people. Mm-hmm. When we could actually have eyes on everybody. Yeah. And so uh, we didn't keep everybody for a long time. We actually started letting go of some people during yeah, that time. Right. And then we, we pivoted and brought in some other companies. Um, oh, yeah. Because um, that's one of the things, too, is like we made the decision to let everything continuously sell because, I mean, we saw like the numbers we were doing. I knew I knew that I had some connection somewhere to be able to get the like the stuff made. So um, we made some connections with these guys uh, called Takedown Sportswear down here. And they were they can do like a thousand hoodies a day for us. Uh, heat press. So the whole thing. So we ended up just using the money that we made from Black Friday, giving them a fat chunk of it. And then they just started hammering all the hoodies out and then we just as everything came in we was just fulfilling instantly when it came in so so those are the employees but i know you have ambassadors yeah so like there's over 100 ambassadors what's what's that process like is this like when we see like the sirac boys or something like that like how does this work (laughs) we're not that uh defined (laughs) but i'll say this we so we stopped it last year because of covid Mm -hmm. like a lot of people weren't on campus but basically what we do is kind of the same like indirect influencer marketing we find people that are like student council presidents or like the popular greeks or the basketball team whoever has the most followers and all we do is go to if i search um North Carolina A&T, I'll look at their location, and the first few posts are always the people with the most followers. Yeah. So I'm clicking, I'm like, okay, what does he do? What does he do? And we basically just get those, all the cool kids, popular kids, and we utilize them. And then, like, TikTok is so popular now. So we got a guy from Howard, um, Zeddy. I mean, he he get 200,000 views. He's from New York. He get 200,000, 400,000 views on every video. On TikTok? Yeah. What yeah. kind of video is it? He just be like dancing, dancing, like, talking New York slang. You know, right. people love New York culture. <laughs> and, so, and he just, he's hella funny though. But yeah. he'd be on campus like just doing all this dancing and all yeah. that with our hoodies on. And we use people like that. So that way it's, we always have a, a pulse on campus. Yeah. And then on top of that, we say, hey, let us know if there's any pop-up shops, if it's homecoming, when does when homecoming start? When are y'all having probates? Like, I'm trying to be at everything. And so they they serve as the voice because me and Justin, obviously, yeah, are not and you, were, you were the guys on the campus. Right. Yeah, so it makes perfect sense. Like, so we just reached back out. Everything you've done your entire lives has just prepared you for this moment. Yeah. All of it. And I like my favorite part about the ambassadors is how we kind of like put them all in one place. So we'll use like a group me and just talk to them all. So we kind of use it as like, our pulse on the market so to be like yo we're thinking about dropping this what do you guys think because they're like our direct audience so then they'll be like nah change this that don't work x y and z 
and then we can like redefine our our design process to make it make sense for when we go to market actually and then the other thing i like about the uh, ambassador is like the way that we incentivize them too mm-hmm. so we use like this app called crew fire and we basically just put them all in a group and they get uh points for whatever action they take on our social media so it'll be like Post this to your story within five minutes or 10 minutes, get this many points. Post this, um, you know, comment on our picture or like it or whatever, get this many points. And then they get incentivized by like, and whenever you have a certain amount of points, you can get free merchandise with, with it as well. So it kind of like tricked the algorithm as well because it'll be like, we post. They instantly get a text message and an email that then tells them, yo, go interact with this to get your points. And then now within the first five to 10 minutes, hundreds of people are interacting with our posts, which is then telling Instagram this is a good post and then sending it to the rest of our audience. So we're able to get maximum engagement on the posts that we use. That's real smart. You pay them too or just free merch? Uh, Yeah, free merch. We don't really pay them. We pay if they do like certain things, like if it's something like... A one-off, or if you get a certain amount of points, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, to to utilize the the, the kids in, in school because that's you know nice. that's who's actually driving the whole post of the whole situation. Yeah, they I get, even thought about it too, like. I, I was thinking about this because I think like in business it's really important to like try to scale the unscalable. So like at one point I was like I really want to hire a VA to just literally go on Instagrams like different hashtags for different schools and literally all day just DM people that go to these these schools and try to get them to the ambassador program or just be like, yo, I see you go to Alabama State, use code MYASU for 25% off some support by college gear mm-hmm. and just do that all day long. Like, but I mean, we never got into that because it's hard to manage, but it's it like very hard to manage. It. Yeah. But uh, I got some ideas. I'll talk to you off camera about. <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> um, I want to ask before we wrap um, ads. Oh, you have mentioned ads a few times. Can you talk about that? Like your, your ad journey and what yeah. you learned from, from running ads? You social media ads, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we run Facebook, Instagram, um, Google, uh, YouTube, uh, a few others. We're like starting to experiment with TikTok. The experience, uh, I was already running ads before, like for like drop shipping companies and stuff before I had moved down. But I was like, I didn't understand a few things. So there's a few things to understand here. One, if you get any of these four things wrong, it's going to be a failure when you're talking about ads. You have to have the right copy, what you're saying to the people, the right creative, what you're showing them the right targeting, the people that you're putting it in front of. And then also your website has to be optimized because even if I do if I have all three things right, the right copy, the right creative, and the right targeting, but my website is inoperable, I'm not going to make money. Mm-hmm. So you have to strengthen all four of those things. And if you do any one of them wrong, it's not going to work out for you. But my experience specifically, because I ran the ads for us for uh, multiple months until we gave it off to a team, uh, it was difficult to like identify how to learn. And I was like really just spending a lot of time on YouTube and just learning from different people. And it came it came to me one day, and I was like, if I don't execute and like put this campaign out, I'm never gonna do it. So I was like, this is my game plan. I'm gonna find one person on YouTube who I think is good at what they do, who is vetted and verified and has done something that I wanna do. And then I'm gonna just watch their videos and literally do exactly what they say. And that, I made the campaigns, and then I was like, all right, bet I'm gonna just press go on it. I pressed go on it, and then we were seeing like a 400% return on everything that we spent within the first couple of days. So then I was like, all right, I know this from the free stuff. What can I get from the paid stuff? So I, that same person I was watching on YouTube paid him $100 for a consulting call. 
come look at the ad structure, everything for me as well. And then after that, I spent like a thousand dollars here, a thousand dollars there on different courses and whatnot, and kind of just educated myself in that way. And that's just like, I'm really into ads. So uh, the biggest thing about it was just like getting over the analysis paralysis, you know what I'm mm. saying? Like, cause um, I always say this quote is like, perfection is just an excuse not to execute. So it's like, you're trying to get everything perfect. And Corey always says, you're trying to get it perfect, but you just need to be present. So I was like, all right. And then that was kind of our experience. It went from not knowing who to trust, what to do, picking one person and saying, okay, cool, investing in myself and learning even deeper knowledge. And then from there, outsourcing it to a team after I had a full understanding of what to do. Earners, what's going on? Look, head over to supportblackcolleges.org right now. Use the promo code EYL and get 15% off everything. That's right. Everything. There's no time like right now to get some new drip. So head over there right now. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't play yourself. Reward yourself. Get some new merch, y'all. Whole lot of that's game. That's powerful. This is why he's here. I, just, yeah, I, just that's powerful. I hang out with the celebrities. <laughs> he does the real work. And it's, a good, it's a good team. It's perfect. So oh. what's next? What's next for you guys? What's, what's, what's on the vision board? Oh, man. man I mean, we, we always say this. We always have two different answers because we think totally different. Um, for me, I mean, I would like to continue to scale. Um, my, one of my goals is to be in every Barnes and Nobles on every HBCU bookstore mm-hmm. um, because we can get on campus. That's cool physically showing up. But Barnes and Nobles has most of the contracts for all HBCUs. So if right. we can get our stuff in the bookstore, we don't have to sell as hard to the schools because you can get it every time. And then mm-hmm. during homecoming, instead of us setting up a booth to sell, go to the bookstore and get everything. And we can just do a big activation where we're just having fun. Right. And then, you know, merchants, oh, we got we in the bookstore. Go get that. Yeah. So that's one of my goals. Um, I think that we can scale really big. And um, I don't know. I just, my, my goal is more about impacting as many people as possible. Yeah. So like, I want to impact a million people on social. Like I want to be able to continue to grow the love for HBCUs. I want to uh, get that first really, really big recruit to an HBCU. Like, we're working on those kids. Like we're talking to the kids. Like, hey, what do you think about going to school? Dion, Dion did that. Yeah. Oh, he's killing it. Yeah, I was, I, that, that was one of that. Probably my last question was like, yeah. we're seeing a movement in sports, right? Mm-hmm. We saw it with uh, Maker Maker go to Howard, yeah, yeah. Uh, five star recruit, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing top five and top ten recruits yeah. going to Jackson State. Yeah, and I'm oh. wondering like, how are y'all feeling? Like your influence. Yeah. Well, we in there. Yeah, you yeah. can feel it. We yeah. we, talk, we talking to Dion like. Oh yeah. Yeah, we talked we talked to Dion. He got merch. Yeah. Hey, can my boys get some? Of course, like, and a lot of those guys. There was one guy uh, who was at Alabama State. Yeah. Their guy, he hit us like before he went. Like, hey, what y'all think? What school? Would you? We like we would go here. Yeah. And we, we and literally like, I can't. I don't want to say names in school, but there are schools that are coaches that are hitting us up. Like, hey, I heard some. I say I seen y'all post someone. So y'all know him. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we know him. What you need? Right. And I'm like, yo, go here over. Duke, go here. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> yeah. telling them because the coach hit me, and I'm like, "Yo, that's that's what it's all about." They, they, they waiting on the Mikey call. <laughs> oh, Mikey, where you going? Oh, oh yeah, you know, Mikey's the homie. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah Mikey yeah, came yeah. by the warehouse. Um, what last year? Yeah. And he, he, his mom told us she was like, Mikey tried to commit his freshman year <laughs> to an HBCU, and she was like, "Wait, hold on, hold on." <laughs> he put Howard on his on, on his list. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Last year. so yeah. is is off of his shorter list. Uh, I think Hampton. Tennessee State and uh, I think Texas Southern's on his list still. Yeah. But um, I'm interested to see who he's going to do. I'm yeah. really interested. He he likes HBCUs. I'll just say that. Right. But I got, his mom went to Hampton. I got I got this up because I, I'm looking at the logo. Every time I see the logo, mm-hmm. it makes me think of early 90s. Yeah. I think different Martin, world. Fresh Prince. Fresh yeah. Prince. Yeah. Yep. 
Is that what an influence is drawn from? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Yeah. And then the colors are just based off of primary colors mixed with like Africa and you think yeah. the you know the greens and the the yellows and and then the it's like a shield. Yeah. It's like a symbol. So when you wear it, you like I got the shield on my chest. Yeah. That's why we call this the the official airport hoodie. Right. Like you walk in the airport, you gonna see one of these. <laughs> Every time I go right. to the airport, I see four or five of these, and people are like, oh yeah, I got mine in the airport. Like that's my airport hoodie, and it's just like a shield. It's it's proud and um. It's so crazy because when my friends see it somewhere, they'll call me like, hey, Corey, I just saw your hoodie in it. And it's like, you so proud. And that's like not even your hoodie. Like you saw somebody yeah. in it. And yeah, it's, yeah, that, yeah, no. That's what it's really all about. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's important, too, because like I think about that, especially like when I'm building in like the website and like different things like that, because what I see like people who are successful, especially on websites versus not they they do a good job of like explaining the features of a product but they don't explain the benefits of it and then they don't explain why someone should even care about the benefits so like for instance 50 50 cotton 50 percent polyester who cares then also that's the feature but that's where most people stop after that what's the benefit of it well it's a sleek design that has a comfortable fit that i can dress up and down that's a benefit but then on top of that well, why should i even care well you should care because you can be comfortable be have sleek design but also represent your school in a way that makes you feel proud when you go out and about and that's the description that we build out so i think that that's important too when like people are like thinking about what they're doing or why they're doing it and how they're communicating that to their their people yeah i remember just growing up watching the cosby show i know it's going to age me a little bit but i remember him just wearing that temple sweatshirt all the time uh, yeah. and like almost wanting to go to temple because i just and then when they went to hillman it was like yeah I'm like oh wait this is crazy like what is this i didn't know any of this like my parents aren't from america right like, what are these even, schools even like it's the doctor um chris chris latt he's from chris latt yeah sure. and um he had the, the brand um with the black colleges back in the 90s and they yeah. were saying like that actually helped in, um enrollment like Martin, Snoop Dogg, Snoop, yeah, yeah, Ward, yeah. all them, Queen Latifah, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they had the yeah. folks, yeah, the folks at their peak. It was right. crazy, yeah, definitely. They did. really paid it. Like we, I don't think we could do what we do without them doing what they did. Yeah, right. Right. and um, same with you know Damon John and Fubu. Like I think that that they just made it possible to understand that you can have a black owned business talking about black folk and black people and be successful. Yeah, so they, shout out to the, all of them because they helped us. That's what I think. Like you know, my goal is is to like. I want to take the company to a billion. And I think that, one, we're uniquely positioned because as uh, interracial couples, you know, more by 2030, 2040, most people are going to be people of color. And I'm, I'm seeing it already with like Fanatics and other brands. They're starting to sell stuff for HBCUs. Yeah. But I think that where we're uniquely positioned is that we have the culture already and we can expand outwards. And especially since we'll be the vast majority of people on Earth. We'll be able to grow the business, you know, in that way. So I think this year is going to be like about big partnerships for us. And then as well as like expanding the brand into other distribution channels and then also going to, you know, just those crazy partnerships. bro. That's NFTs, we tapping into that. Yeah, we tapping into all uh, of that. And the cool thing about mm. HBCUs is it's always incoming students. It's always graduated students and it's always alumni. Right. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know yet. No, that's he said the biggest collaboration, <laughs> biggest partnership. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So support. easy. Support early and leisure. I'm going to give you one when you, I get one of y'all. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I like that. I like that. The next ever, and we don't ever do this but the next episode i'll be wearing that oh so that's I, I appreciate that means a lot that's it a, is it's done that's that's a, 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 we're ready this time <laughs>
That's a fact. Merch swap. So how can the people follow you online, social media, website, all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. Um, so supportblackcolleges.org is our website. Um, Support Black College, no S, is our Instagram. Yeah. And then my personal Instagram is Corey Arvinger. That's yeah. my name. And mine's Justin P. Yeah, we're trying to get Corey a 10-day contract. NBA team, if you're watching, I'm ready to play. Lakers, y'all need a guard. Russell ain't doing nothing. Troy, I was keeping items. Yo, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. And I'm going to tell the names right now because they are tier five members. I mean, they're the highest tier. They have access to EYL University. Shout out to Jaden. Shout out to Nakia. And shout out to Rashad. Um, Welcome to EYL University. There's over 12,000 students and earners there. So welcome to the family. And shout out to everybody that's supporting the merch. Obviously, you know, this is a big merch episode. So shout out to everybody supporting support black colleges and supporting as civil liabilities and everything that we're putting now. We got a lot of stuff coming for our earners and uh yeah, keep supporting. Love is love. Yeah, for sure. And make sure you support black colleges, um, enroll, give uh charity, yeah. endowments, all that stuff. They need help. They need help. They need Absolutely. Need white colleges get way more funding than black colleges. So yeah. It's, it's very important so even if you didn't go to a black college you can still support a black yeah, college yeah. you don't have to be alumni to actually support it's called I support not I went so you probably yeah, went to exactly. a party there so exactly. <laughs> for sure for sure exactly alright guys thank you for rocking with us we'll see you next week peace peace my graduates from my school being Forbes backdrop backdrop a <laughs> mic drop backdrop backdrop With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.